see you guys. Uh, man, good crowd again today. Our first service was the most people we've had back in a year, and that's, uh, that's been awesome to see. So, um, so good to see things slowly get back to, to normal a little bit. want to welcome those watching online as well. Thank you guys for joining us today, whether you're, you're on YouTube or Facebook or our website. Um, we're glad you have joined us today. And uh, man, it's uh, thinking back over this past year, it, it has been a little bit crazy. This time last year, I was getting on a plane to go to Nicaragua for a week. Uh, and during that week is when everything just went berserk. So uh, it's good to be here today. It's good to be starting a new sermon series. I've got a few things to share before we jump in today. First, um, I want to just thank you guys uh, for being faithful. And, and I just share that just this past year, um, I've been talking to a lot of other churches, just uh, helping them with some online stuff. And I just hear time after time how many churches are struggling right now. And, uh, and we've not really had those problems here because you guys um, have stayed connected online. You've, uh, you know, attended as been, as been possible and have continued to support the ministry through your giving. It's just, it's been, um, we've got a lot to be thankful for here at Cornerstone. I don't want you to take that for granted how special this is, uh, because it really is unique. Um, I think God has got big things in store for us as we continue to ramp things back up. Um, we're not like slowing down, all right? We're not going to hold back. We're going to keep pushing forward, reaching this community for Christ. And I just want to thank you for that. Uh, thank you for being part of what we do here. A few things coming up I'll mention um, one, if you've not joined our Facebook group yet, our Connect at Cornerstone group, uh, be sure and do that because that's a way that throughout the week you can just hear, uh, stay connected to what's going on, find out about service opportunities. We posted something last week about uh, an opportunity to, to be a blessing and help foster care families in the area. Uh, so that's all the information on how to do that is there. Uh, but if you, want, if you get a chance, go and join that group. You'll be uh, it really is a place for you guys to share with each other, too, throughout the week. So it's a really neat uh, group to be part of. The other thing I want to mention is, do you realize that Easter is less than a month away? Less, it's April 4th this year. It's coming up less than a month away. I mean, it's just like, it's crazy um, how fast uh, things are moving. And, and a couple of things we want to do this year. Uh, one is we've got a special children's event on Good Friday, Journey to the Cross. Uh, you'll, we'll be launching the sign-up for that this week, so you can sign up and get registered. You'll have to, we'll have multiple slots that you can sign up for just to uh, keep everybody spaced out. But uh, it's going to be really neat, really fun for the kids. So I think it's ages 4 through 4th grade, if I remember correctly. Uh, don't hold me to that, but I think that's, uh, but it's coming up. You'll see all the info about it this week. The other thing is uh, we're going to do something different. I've always thought, man, we need a way to kind of prepare ourselves for Easter. Easter is one of those Sundays that so many people come to church that you never see, like really most other times of the year, people are open to coming to church. They're open to watching online. It's just because in our culture, it's like, especially in the South, people think, okay, it's Easter. We need to be in church. And we have this incredible opportunity. So how do we prepare ourselves? How do we get ready? How do we really learn... Uh, 
how to how to get people involved and connected. And so this year we're doing something a little different, and um, we're doing an online devotion, a 21 days of hope leading up to Easter. And I've got a slide for it here that we'll put up. Um, but if you text the word hope to this phone number, it's going to sign you up. Uh, to a uh, kind of a group message thing here where you'll get uh, 21 days of emails and text, a kind of combination uh, with devotions helping you prepare yourself for Easter. Uh, some of them have some uh, assignments, like homework assignments that will ask you to do. Some of them uh, are just straight up devotions just to help encourage you. Uh, but this is a, it's fine to take out your phone and text now. You're not going to get in trouble. Um, if you go and if you do it now, you'll know you won't forget about it too. But we'll be sharing a little bit more about this uh, next week as well. If you sign up today, uh, obviously it's like 28 days to Easter, so uh, you'll be a week ahead. So if you get behind a little bit, you uh, see, you guys get an extra week to get all this done. So uh, I would go ahead and sign up today, uh, but it's really cool. We'll, we'll share about it next week too. Um, and so you may get duplicate messages for the first day because I got to go in and fix something that, that's messed up. But um, after that, it'll be fine. So anyway, go ahead and sign up for that. It's really going to be interesting to, to see how God uses this to help all of us get ready for Easter. And we're launching a brand new sermon series on Easter morning. Uh, about the hope of Easter. Um, and so we're going to be talking about love reigns and how that works in our life. And we'll be doing that for the three weeks after Easter as well. So anyway, I'm excited about this. Hope you guys are too. Uh, it's a really neat way to stay connected and we're experimenting with some stuff here. So with that being said, we get to start a brand new sermon series today called Marked, uh, called by the Savior. And all of us, God has his thumbprint on each one of us. Like a, a, he, he's calling us into deeper levels of obedience. And this word calling, we've all heard it, but do we really know what it means? Uh, I think back to, uh, you know, having little kids and being a, being a kid. All kids have this desire to grow up to, to have a life of significance. And you think about kids, they're always dreaming about what they want to be when they grow up. It may be, you know, when we were little, you dreamed about being a, a policeman or a firefighter or a soldier or uh, a cowboy or Indian sometimes. But uh, you had all those things. Or an astronaut. That was the big one too, right? Everybody wanted to be an astronaut. And you wanted to do something to, to change the world. You wanted to do something uh, to, to make an impact. And, uh, you, you know, today it's like the kids want to be uh, a YouTube influencer or a TikTok star. And, and that's cool, too. But they're same same thing because they're wanting to, to, to have an impact. They want to have influence. They're wanting to make a difference. And, and, and that goes back to God has created all of us with a calling. He's created all of us with a desire uh, to have purpose and meaning and fulfillment in life. And... And, and the, the key to life is, right, is we need to discover God's calling on our life so we can live in it. If you're a Christian, it's so easy uh, to get discouraged because you're like, I don't, you know, I'm an adult and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Have you, any of y'all ever thought that? I mean, even as adults, you're like, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. I still don't know what God is calling me to do or who he's calling. Hey, that's Okay. Uh, this series is going to help us discover that. Um, 
I read this this week and I kind of chuckle because if this is true, I think a lot of people aren't happy. It said the happiest people in the world are those who have discovered what God wants them to do with their lives. Now that may be true, but I don't know a whole lot of people that don't know what God wants them to do with their life. And so, again, for us, we're, we're jumping into this series to, to really understand this idea of a call. And what is that word? What does it mean? To back up and talk about calling a little bit, I think we have to acknowledge that there's two types of call, of, of a calling on our life. There's a general call that applies to everybody, uh, that God is calling all of us into fellowship, into obedience, into uh, surrender, really. And there's a specific call that God has for your life, where he's calling you in, into a maybe a, a place to live, a, a job to do, a, a, a specific task he has assigned for you. And, and so this morning, we're, we're going to focus in on that general call a little bit. And as we go through this series, we'll get a little more specific. Uh, when you think about this idea of calling, I think the first time I really wrestled with it uh, was uh, when I was trying to, to figure out what to do with my life in ministry. And some of you guys know my story, some don't, but I grew up right here in Galax, um, went to Virginia Tech, got my degree as a mechanical engineer, worked as an aerospace engineer, crash testing airplane seats. That was kind of interesting. It sounds interesting, but it really wasn't because um, it's a lot of report writing and, and stuff, sitting behind a computer all day. Then I moved back here, worked at Nautilus designing weightlifting machines for over a decade. That was really cool, uh, getting to, to design stuff and travel, and uh, that was neat. But during that time I was there, uh, Jennifer and I started uh, serving at a local church doing youth ministry. And when we started, it was just like, how many of you have done something at church just because there was a need, to, to, you know, there's a need at church and like somebody asked you to do it and you're like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, and you weren't too excited about it. You know what I mean? I mean, have you ever done something like that? You kind of jump in and you're like, I'll do it because no one else is doing it. And I think I can do it. And well, that's kind of how it started. But as it, we got into it, man, it's just like. I fell in love with working with youth and ministry. And it's just like God revealed a passion inside of me that I didn't even know I had. And so then I remember standing up in front of a church. Um, I've got the VCR tape at home for the church service. This is how long ago it was. Where I stood up in front of the church and said, God is calling me into ministry. And I did, at the time, I didn't know what it looked like. I thought it would be in youth ministry. I don't know what it would happen, but I just said, I know there's unmistakable drawing that God has put, uh, he's put this burden on my heart that I need to be doing more than I'm doing right now. And I remember sharing that and, and, and from that point to the point I started as pastor here was probably close to, uh, I'm guessing 10 years. Uh, so it took eight to 10 years to, to kind of work that calling out and figure out what it would look like and where it would be. And uh, and, and to continue serving in the meantime and find and, and but that's I share that right because I think we're in a society we, we like having quick answers we like God tell me right now what everything's going to look like spell it out for me you know write out my path for me and then I'll commit to it and that's not how calling always works We've got to learn to be faithful in the little things, right? We've got to learn to trust God with the next step, even when we don't know what the final step is going to be. And so I think about that, and I think about this idea of a calling. And 
I think so many times we get confused and we think this whole concept of calling is just for people like me who are serving in the church full time as ministers. And nothing could be further from, from the truth. This idea of God calling us, it applies to every single believer. I, I read this this week and I'll share it with you. It said, um, God calls people to become united with himself in every aspect of life. This can only occur as a response to Christ's call to follow him. The calling to follow Christ lies at the root of every other calling. It's important, however, not to confuse a calling to follow Christ with a calling to become a professional church worker. People in every walk of life are called to follow Christ with equal depth and commitment. And I share this because no matter where you are, in, in, your, in your workplace, in your school, um, in your family, uh, just walking down the street, wherever you find yourself, God has a call on your life. And it's a significant call. It's a call uh, that, uh, with equal depth and commitment to anybody serving full-time in ministry. I, I think we've got this idea like, okay, uh, God calls some people to be pastors, and, and that's kind of you know, one level up. And then some people to be missionaries, and that's way up here, like to sell everything and move across the world somewhere. You know, the reality, he calls every one of us into his service. He calls every single one of us right where we are. God calls us in the ordinary things of life to obey him. And so uh, if you don't believe me, let's kind of look at scripture and understand a little bit more about calling. In Ephesians, this is what Paul says. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. That's for every single one of you. If you're a believer, you've been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Your calling is far more than your job. Every single, we've all been called. And, and Paul is begging us, you've got to lead a life worthy of your call. In fact, he says it again over in 2 Thessalonians. In chapter 1, he says, so we keep on praying for you. Asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May, may give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. And Paul just keeps on going throughout his letters talking about this call that God has placed on our life. Of Philippians 3 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. 1 Corinthians 1, it says, God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's really one of the, He's calling us into fellowship. He's calling us into a relationship. I'm so thankful that our God is a relational God that wants to have a relationship with us. And, and since he's a relational God and we're created in the image of God, it means that we are relational people. We're relational people. He wants to have a relationship with us. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we could be brought in. Our sins could be forgiven. We could be brought into the family of God. We could have a relationship with the God who created us. And so this, I mean, there's just so, Romans, there's a bunch in Romans about calling. You, uh, in Romans 1, 6, and you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. 
Uh, Romans 8. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. And Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, God's gift, his call cannot be withdrawn. This idea of calling is throughout the New Testament. It's throughout the Old Testament as well. And so what we see is God is calling us. He's drawing us. He's communicating to us. He's wanting to bring us into a deeper level of obedience than where we are now. And the reason I share this, right, is because I think we've got to get a good understanding on this to to really find that meaning and significance that we're all searching for. If we want to define this idea of calling, I've looked up quite a few definitions this week and, you know, made me bring out, I had some books on calling that I wrestled with back years ago. And, and one of, uh, one of the, the, the definitions I saw just said, you know, just go by the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith where it says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the calling God has placed on us. To glorify God, right? And enjoy Him forever. That's the call that He's put on every one of our life. Um, There's a book by Oz Guinness called The Call. Finding and Fulfilling the Central Purpose of Your Life. And he said this. He says, calling is the truth that God calls us to Himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion and lived out as a response to His summons and service. So it's like everything inside of us is screaming out, all right, saying, this is what you are calling me to do. Everything in our life is living out the response to God summoning us, to God calling us, to God drawing us into his service. That's a, that's a pretty dramatic uh, expression, but it's true. Now, I love this one. This is the redneck version. It said, calling at its deep, deepest level is this. This is something that I can't not do. I like that one. I can't not do it. I got to do it. There, 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 no, there's no choice, right? I, I mean, that, that's, that's what a calling is. It's like, okay, I, I could do this. or I could, Nope, I got to do this. This is what, when God puts a call on your life, right, there, there's not an option there. Our, the only choice is obedience. The only choice is God, you're God, I'm not, I'm doing it. I mean, that's the call that I'm talking about. Now, another definition said this, your calling is how God created you to worship him, to serve him, to honor him, to give glory to him in everything you do. And so you, you kind of take all those and I came up with one that, uh, that I like the best. And uh, this, is, this is one that's in your notes today. If you're following along online, you'll see it on the screen. Uh, it says this, calling is a God-given conviction about your life's direction. It's a God-given conviction. And those convictions are more than just what you believe. A conviction runs under the surface, right? Your convictions determine, right, what, uh, how you're going to act, what you're going to do, the choices you make. The, those are your, your life convictions. And, and a God-given conviction is something that's under the surface that's guiding everything you do. And, and it's a God-given conviction about the direction of your life. Now, uh, what's interesting for me is I was kind of wrestling with my calling a little bit and what to do. I, I was like, okay, God, I, I, I think I want to be a youth minister. And, and so that's the direction I was going. And, and it seemed like door after door was getting shut and, and things weren't working out. And, and I was getting frustrated and, and I didn't really know what to do next and what to expect. And it just didn't, wasn't making a lot of sense. And 
I remember sitting down uh, with, with a local pastor, right, actually right up the road here, uh, James Callie. I talked with him one time about it, and he was like, he gave me some good advice. I love getting advice from, from, from men who, you know, have been down that road before and, done, and wrestled and learned. And he said, Mike, he said, God doesn't always call you to a specific position. He's calling you into his service. And he was just telling me, I've got to kind of to slow down a little bit. And, and, and not worry about all the details. And I think for all this, you know, I love that definition. Calling is a God-given conviction about your life's direction. Not about your life's, you know, every step along the road. It's about the direction you're going. And as we trust God, He's going to reveal the next step. He's going to reveal that direction that you're going. You may not have a clear picture of it. Uh, have you ever gone hiking in the fog? You know, there can be a beautiful view right on the other side. There can be a huge cliff right beside of you. Uh, and all you know to do is you just want to take that next step and land in the middle of the path. Because as long as you do that, you're safe. As soon as you start veering off that path, you don't know what's out there. You don't know how to get back. I mean, and it can be a little scary if you ever go hiking and the fog ro rolls in. That's how a lot of people get lost and rescue squad get, get to, uh, to, to go out. And so the thing is, I think our life is like that sometimes. The fog rolls in. We don't know what to do. And all we got to do is say, God, give me the next step. God, show me the path. And I'm going to trust that direction. That's, that's the idea of the calling that we're talking about today. If you don't believe me, let's look at the life of the disciples. You think about uh, how Jesus called the disciples, and it's pretty remarkable. Um, have any of y'all been able to watch the Chosen miniseries? Do you know what I'm talking about, the Chosen? It's pretty cool. Um, uh, we'll post some links to it this week. Uh, I'll maybe post some clips from it. Uh, if you've not heard of it, what they did, uh, they, it's a, there's an app you can download on your phone uh, and you can watch it on, uh, on your phone, mobile device, computer screen. Um, but they've done a mini-series about the life of Jesus. And what's interesting about it is it's not, uh, it, it's the stories behind the story, so to speak. You, you, get to, you get to know some of the characters, and, and so it'll show, like, Jesus, uh, you know, how it'll show some of the scenes from the, the, the Bible, like when he calls the disciples. But you get to know a little bit about who Nicodemus is. And, and, and of course, I mean, it's not straight from Scripture, but it, it's very, it, it's very, it's just a good series. It really, it really brings to life Scripture in a new way if you've not seen it. But what's interesting is when he calls the disciples and the, and the chosen, it, it's, it, it's really, I mean, it makes you realize what they were giving up. It makes you realize that these are real people, real jobs, real families. And when Jesus said, come follow me, this was a big deal. It's not like they were just like, oh yeah, sure, we'll try it out for this. No, I mean, this is a big deal. It shows Matthew, the tax collector, following Jesus. And you're like, man, he gave up everything. Right. It was really it's just really interesting to see that. But when you think about that, Jesus was you know, about 30 years old, approximately, when he started his ministry. And uh, when he, he went to John the Baptist and went to the desert to be tempted. And then he came back and started calling the disciples to follow him. And, and we have one of those stories in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter four. Uh, I want to read this. And it says this in verse 18. Uh, it says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come 
follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the road or up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their, and, and their father behind. This is, you know, the idea of a calling can be scary. Because when Jesus calls us, we don't know where we're going to end up. We don't know what we're going to do. And it really comes down to an issue of trust, doesn't it? When Jesus calls us to follow him, we don't know what life's going to look like. We don't know. And the reality is, if you would have told me at 20 years old, this is what I would be doing right now, I would have told you, you were absolutely crazy. There's no way that I'd be up standing in front of people. There's no way I'd be back in Galax. There's no, I mean, you just look at all that stuff. There, I had my life planned out a whole different way. And, you know, it, that's what calling does. It kind of rearranges your priorities sometimes when God calls you. And so what I want to do today, I, I want to just kind of back up and talk about when God calls us, what is he really calling us into? This is kind of that general call that applies to every single one of us. What is he calling us into? Well, he's calling us to be a follower. He's calling us to be a disciple. Uh, you guys know this. We've talked about it over and over again throughout the years. That The word Christian very rarely appears in the New Testament, but the word disciple appears over and over again. And what we're being called to be is to be a disciple, a, a student, a learner, an apprentice even. That's the idea of this word disciple. Dallas Willard was one guy who really talks a lot about being an apprentice of Jesus. He said, as Jesus' disciple, I'm his apprentice in kingdom living. I'm learning from him how to lead my life in the kingdom of heavens as he would lead my life if he were I. I mean, that's what it's, he, he, this is the idea we have of being a, a disciple. And, he, and so being a follower, being a disciple, being an apprentice of Jesus, it means we kind of order our life around three things as we respond to, to God's call in our life. Being with God, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And so I kind of want to break those three things down this morning. The first thing is, what does it mean to be with God? Uh, this is a, a primary purpose of our calling in life. Just being with God. This is, this is discovering our identity. This is learning who God created us to be. This is a foundational, uh, this is a foundational uh, really part of, of the life of any believer. Is we've got to spend time with God. Not just to know Him, but to know ourselves. Now, when we look at this. Um, uh, it, it's interesting when Jesus called his disciples in Mark 3 verse 14 uh, this is a verse I, I skipped over before because you just read it don't really think about it he appointed 12 that they met, might be with him why did he pick the, the 12 disciples so they, they would be with him that's, 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 a, that's huge right he wanted to be with the 12 disciples. He, he invited them into a relationship. Why? Because he wanted to be with them. And then, and that he might send them out to preach. There's a mission associated with him. But this first part, that he might be with them, this is huge. I read this this week. It said, unfortunately, we can't be with, with Jesus exactly the way that Matthew and Bartholomew and Philip and Thomas and the other disciples were. We can't run up to him physically and give him a high five. Or we can't sit down with him over coffee. And ask him to explain more about the creation of the, the world or, 
or we, we, nor can we sit next to him and eat some fish with him and laugh together. But we can be with Jesus anytime through prayer. And we can draw near to our Heavenly Father whenever we desire uh, through the spiritual disciplines. Even though Jesus has ascended to the Father in heaven, he is still with us through the Holy Spirit who indwells every single one of us. And the reality is, right, we, we have this opportunity that anytime we open up the Word of God, anytime we pray, anytime we engage in, in spiritual disciplines as we listen and fast and pray, and what are we doing? We're communicating with God. We're, we're, we're abiding in Christ. We're being with Him. And the more we're with God, the more we understand God's plan for our life. There's no shortcuts to this. We want to have the quick solutions. We want to have the easy answers. And God is telling us to slow down, spend time with me. Let me reveal to you what my call on your life really is. And so this is, this is important, right? This is, this is the hard work of Christianity. This is the day in and day out of, of opening God's word and reading and spending time and praying and, and learning more about God. And learning who Jesus is. That's the first thing. The second thing is becoming like Jesus. Uh, if we want to be with God, we need to, to, to do that so that we can become like Jesus. This is discovering our mission and our purpose in life. If the first, being with God, is about learning our identity, this is start, we're starting to learn our mission, our purpose, our, why he's placed us on this planet. Uh, again, I think uh, many of us, we... We're searching for that. We're wanting to know, God, why am I here? Um, Luke 640 says this. It says, students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. So who's, who, who's our teacher in life? Who are we trying to become like? Scripture tells us, right, this is the plan of discipleship. We're learning from Jesus how to become like Jesus. The gospel is meant to transform our lives, not just to, to increase our knowledge, not just to make us look cool about the Bible facts and Bible trivia we know. It's meant to change us from the inside out to transform us so that we can be more like Jesus. Now, as Guinness said this in his book, he said, Calling is not only a matter of being and doing what we are, but also of becoming what we are not yet, but are called by God to be. That, that's kind of confusing, but... Uh, if you think about it, it's like God has called. There's, we're not there yet. God has a plan, a call on our life, and we're moving toward that destination. And so we're, we're, we're discovering our mission and our purpose as we become more like Jesus. The third thing is we learn to do what Jesus did. And, and so we just start doing what Jesus did. We, we look at his life and, and what that is, we, we find our mission field. Once we find our mission and our purpose, we start putting it into practice. All right. And I, I think right now, um, uh, this last year has been crazy. But what, if it's done one thing, it showed us that there's a huge mission field all around us. People who are hurting. Um, people who don't have a relationship with God. People who are confused, who are scared who don't have hope, that's in our workplaces, that's in our schools, that's in our families. And so if we, again, can start zeroing in and just find our mission field, and our mission field, I'm telling you, this, if you want to know where your mission field is, it's where you are. That's how simple, I mean, wherever you find yourself, that's where your mission field is today. <laughs> 
Wherever you find yourself, if it's you're with your family, that's your mission field. You're pouring into your kids, you're, you're teaching them, you're training them, you're encouraging them. If, if you're at work, your mission field, look all around you. That, that's your mission field. If you're at school, that's your mission field. And so once we, we start doing that and start getting faithful in the little things, right, it's amazing what we can accomplish for God. Uh, John 14 says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You realize, right, that the same Holy Spirit that empowered the disciples lives in you today. And so, I mean, for us to realize, you say, I, I wouldn't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm just not that type. Are you saying that the Holy Spirit is incapable of using you? Are you saying the Holy Spirit isn't able to, 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 to give you the words to say and, and the people to reach out to? Do you realize how arrogant that is when we say, God, well, I'm just a nobody. You can't use. No, you, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. That's, that's why we're, I mean, we just continue doing what God has called us to do. And one more quote by Oz Guinness. He said this. He said, disciples are not so much those who follow, but as those who must follow. Again, no other choice. I can't not do it. God, you're, you're, you're giving me an opportunity. I, I know I have a choice. Do I say something or do I walk away? No, I can't not. I got to do it. I must follow. That's the call God has placed on us. And I'm hoping that as we spend time digging into this, you're going to see a passion well up inside of you. You're going to see something come up inside of you as you realize God can use you. God does have a call in your life. Your life does have meaning and significance and purpose. And God does have a plan for you that he has prepared in advance for you. And if we can start walking in our calling, if we can live a life worthy of our calling, as Paul said, if we can start just do that, man, you talk about making an impact on this community. You talk about having a, a, a room full of people who have joy in life. You talk about a, a people who aren't, you know, walking around miserable all the time. No, what, when we start discovering our purpose in life, it brings life to you. And so with all that said, man, when we look at this, Jesus is still calling us to be his students, to be his apprentices. He's calling us to follow after him. The God of the universe cares so much about you that he is calling you into a relationship. He's calling you into obedience. And, and I'll, I'll share this too, that every person's calling is going to look a little different. It's unique. And so just because someone is called to, to do something different than you doesn't mean that they're not as spiritual as you are. All right? Uh, we all, God has a call. And just because I'm a, a pastor and I'm speaking on Sunday morning and you may hate speaking in front of people doesn't mean that you're less than I am. No. Uh, there, it means that we're wired differently, that God can use different people to do different things. And so for all of us, we've got to learn our gifts, our abilities, our passions, our heart, all those things, how God has, has created us. And as we do that, I mean, that's, that's when you start getting excited about waking up each day. That's when you start getting excited like, okay, God, what's next? Sign me up. Who, who are we going to talk to today? What are we going to do? Who are we going to bless? I mean, that's, I mean, don't you want to live life that way? 
where you just can't wait to wake up and see what's in store. That's what living a life of calling really does. And so all this, I share all that. It starts with understanding this is not about us. It's not about bragging about what God can do through us. Ephesians 2 is pretty clear. If it's it's about us, all we would do is boast about it. But we are saved by grace through faith. Right? You can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. Why are we doing this? We're doing this because we want to glorify God. It's our response to the call that he's placed on us. And so when we understand that, it really does start changing everything about our life. We're going to close this morning with, with doing something a little different. I mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, we were changing up a little bit about how we do communion. We're going to focus on communion uh, on the first Sunday of every month this year and, and, and really take some time to explain it. And, and today we're going to do a, a church-wide communion. Some, some months we'll just uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, but it'll be uh, up to you uh, to choose whether or not to take it today. We're going to do a church-wide communion. And what communion is, it's the Lord's Supper. It's a it's a chance for us to, to, to reflect back, uh, to think about who Jesus is, why he came, and what he's called us to do. And so it's a time to look back to the, to, to the past, to, to the cross and his love for us and how his body was broken, how his blood was poured out. It's, but it's also a chance for us to join in the present with believers all over the world. And I think about this. When Jesus said, you know, do this in remembrance of me. And as often as you get together, do this in remembrance of me. We're joining together, not just with Cornerstone. We're joining together with churches all over this country, all over the world. Think about this morning, as we are doing this, there are churches all over the world taking part in the Lord's Supper with us. And what we're doing is we're uniting together to say, okay, God has called us and we're going to respond to that call. And it also forces us to think about the future. It says we do this, and every time we do it, we're we're remembering that the Lord is coming back. That we're not forgetting that He is coming back. And as long as we're here, He has a mission for us. As long as we have breath in our bodies, we have a job to do. And so we're waiting for His return. We're waiting that we get to spend eternity with Him. And so what we're going to do, the praise team's going to come back up. We're going to sing a song. As, they're, as we're singing, uh, this is a chance. We'll, we'll have kind of row by row. And this is, the Lord's Supper is for believers. It's, if you're unsure, if you have questions, no pressure here at all. Don't take it if you're not uh, sure what you're doing or why you're doing it. Um, come talk to us. We'll help you. Uh, the Bible says that we're to examine ourselves. And so we, we, we examine ourselves as we come. But we're going to come row by row. We'll kind of start in the front. There's three tables here, one on each side of the church. And uh, you kind of start from the front and work your way towards the back. We, uh, I trust you guys. I'm not going to tell you when to get up and do it. You guys can figure that out. Um, but if you get the, the, and it's all together, the, the bread and the, the juice is together. You get this, take it back to your seat. I'll come up at the end of the song and lead us through taking it together. Uh, but I want to pray, um, then we're going to receive the elements, and then we're going to uh, sing, and we'll, we'll, we'll take the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, this morning, you, uh, your word just continues to speak truth into our lives. It continues to call us out of where we are and call us to go where you want us to be. Lord, help us not to be complacent. Help us to, to realize that that you have so much more planned for us than we could ever hope for, dream, or imagine. 
Lord, I pray that we could just surrender, that we could just start learning what it means to follow you day by day, even in the ordinary, even in the mundane, even in the, 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 just the, the small things of life, Lord. Let us look for the joy. Let us look for our mission and let us look for our purpose in everything we do. Lord, I thank you this morning that we can uh, take the Lord's Supper together. Help us to examine our hearts. If there's unconfessed sin, let us confess it. If there are people that we need to, uh, to restore relationships with or talk with, help us to do that. But use this as a time to help us refocus our life's call, what you've called us to do, to be with God, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus has done. It's in Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. So we can stand and then as you're ready, come and receive the elements. And I'll come back up at the end of the song.
need to explain these little things. Last time I tried to do this up here, I couldn't open it. So there's a clear plastic top that has the bread in it. So you open that first, just a clear plastic. Let's pray and then we'll, I'll, I'll lead us in the Lord's Supper. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today, for this time to reflect, to refocus, uh, to renew ourselves in, in the calling that you've given us. So, Lord, we pray that this will be a time that we can uh, just draw closer to you, that we can use it to, um, to really re remember what you've done for us and the great sacrifice you made for us so that we might live for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. In 1 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 11, it says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. That on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus, he took some bread. He gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So church, my challenge to all of us is that we leave here prepared to, to live out the calling, to live a life worthy of the calling he has given us. Now let's discover that together. Let's encourage one another. Let's find new ways of reaching this community for Christ. We're going to sing this uh, chorus one more time before we leave. Uh, but use this time as a, as, a, as a response to God. God, thank you. God, I praise you for who you are, for what you've done. Let's sing together as we close this morning. <laughs>